What if it Wait, had what is CMP agent? That's significantly different than how entrapment works in the U.S. How does entrapment? What is what is considered entrapment in Canada? Well, in this case, they basically they said these people couldn't organize a piss up in a bar, uh-huh. and had it not been for the influence of the RCMP agent, this never would have happened. In other words, they claim the RCMP created the plot and and got these two hapless fools to buy into it. Therefore, they are entrapped by law enforcement. Interesting. So in the United States, the way that it's supposed to work is it only counts as entrapment if you wouldn't have done it anyways. So like if an, if an agent, that? well, so <laughs> the way that it works is that like if an FBI agent were to concoct a plan to like, hey, like we're going to sell drugs to a whole bunch of school kids. If he walks up to you and he's like, hey, you know, we've got this whole ring set up to sell drugs to school kids. Do you want to join in on it? If you say yes, then you're, you, you can get dinged for that in the U.S. So it doesn't count as entrapment because you willingly you know signed right. up for a plot. Even if they set everything up, if you willingly join up to do it, you're still breaking the law. Now, if an FBI agent were to walk up to you and be like, hey, you're going to come help me sell drugs to kids or I'm going to beat the shit out of you or something really bad is going to happen to you. Well, now it's entrapment because now you're being pressured into doing something that you right. wouldn't have to otherwise. Right. That's my understanding right. of the U.S. of how it's supposed to work. Yeah. Well, that, I think that's what the judge found in this case is that, I, you know, the, the, she basically saw these two people and then they were, you know, reformed drug addicts and all kinds of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're living on welfare, blah, blah, blah. And she made the decision that, you know, there's no way in, in hell that these people have the capability of doing this. And, and I argued, well, again, you don't have to have a Ph.D. in chemistry to build a pressure cooker bomb. You don't have to have a, a Ph.D. in history to understand, you know, Islamist extremism. And, and yet she found, she said, well, I, I, I'm not convinced that these people were capable or willing. But but again, you know, where do you draw that line between people who express a desire to do something mm-hmm. and then and then basically are. So the way that I try to express, OK, so you, you say the RCMP agent was, you know, led them by the nose. He was responsible. What if they found somebody who wasn't under our control? First, that wasn't an agent. Yeah, exactly. That's this is why it shouldn't count as entrapment because if somebody else had set everything up, then they would have just went through with the crime, right? Like, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, we, we we see things differently in my country. I mean, there are times. I mean, you know, I'm a very proud Canadian. I never want to be anything else. But sometimes I just shake my head at some at some of the things the the judicial system does up here. And and I think it's because we're kind of naive. Um, you guys are a lot more. And and let's face it, you guys had 9/11. And that had as an incredible blow to your psyche for such a long time. I mm-hmm. always say that we're still living in a, in a post 9-11 period. Mm-hmm. It may be dissipating a bit, although, you know, 20th anniversary come up this, this September. I, I think it, it had a tremendous effect. And so throughout the 2000s and 2010s, can you name a single case that failed a terrorism case in your country? I don't think there were any. So, you know, juries and judges were all too ready to say, yep, he was going to do this. He's going to do that. We're going to nail him and we're going to send him to whatever, to, uh, you know, Supermax or whatever, mm-hmm. because there was no political will to be seen as soft on terrorism. And I don't think we've had that kind of experience here in this country. And maybe judges and juries just aren't as, I don't know, aware mm-hmm. of the possibility. Man, I'm sorry. I'm just reading this because I, I try to be fair because I don't know, especially with you working in intelligence, I don't know if you would be a little biased on this, but this sounds wild to me. I'm going to have to read more on this. I can't, I can't understand. So apparently they had been making threats at a mosque first, violent oh, yeah. threats at a mosque first, and that's why... Oh, yeah. And, that, and the judges threw it out because they were like, they don't think that they, without a, without an external force, they wouldn't have been able to – that's wild to me. So essentially you find people that are making a threat of mosque. You go up to them and it's like, yo, I've got this plan to set up some pressure cookers. Do you guys want to take these down and go like you know do another bombing? They're like, hell yeah, let's do it. And then the judge throws that out saying you entrapped them. That sounds wild yeah. to me. I can't yeah. – that's really, really, really weird. Okay, that's very interesting <laughs> well, to me. In actual, in actual fact, Steve, I, I worked on this case right from the get-go, and what you said, so that's obviously you found that in open source, so I don't, I don't have to betray any secrets here, uh-huh. but you know, we were aware of these people were saying stupid shit in mosques and that kind of stuff for, for a while, and that's why it became a really good case, because 
we were able to penetrate them with an agent at a very early stage. So you had control of the situation from, so there was never any risk to the public, mm -hmm. you know? So the pressure cooker bombs were inert. In the same way, our famous case, the Toronto 18 back in 2006, they got three tons of fertilizer. You know, it was kitty litter. We substituted kitty litter so they wouldn't be able to, to, to hurt anybody. So you and you guys, you were able to get these guys to plant. So I'm just, I'm reading this planting homemade bombs outside a government building. You had them all the yep. way to the point where they actually planted what they thought were bombs. And then, and then try to detonate it. And it didn't work. And they walked. That's insane to me. Wow. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. Why don't you come north, Steve, and try to set our judges straight? <laughs> oh my goodness. My understanding is that, and I could be wrong, but I've, I've read so many like legal people like talk because entrapment is supposed to be a really uh, misunderstood thing in the U.S. Um, I, I'm almost positive that under U.S. law, entrapment means that they have to like force you to do it. If they present you the opportunity to commit a crime and you jump on it, it doesn't count as entrapment in the United States. Well, in actual fact, in this case, uh, if you read more about it, the the agent gave them ample opportunity to back out. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Mm -hmm. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? And How do wait? Yep, do you? Yep, yep. The defendants also demonstrated that they were not very intelligent. <laughs> so what, is that a good excuse to? Well, no shit, Sherlock. They were again. They weren't the sharpest pencils in the box, right? But boy, if we start judging people guilty or not guilty based on intelligence, we're, we're going to we're going to have a bunch of empty jails. I think uh -huh. there aren't a lot of bright lights in jail, right? Yeah. Um. You, you know, you can't use that as an excuse for un unless you're mentally incompetent. That's a whole other. That's a whole other thing. Whole definition. We had a guy that walked into a um an armed forces recruiting center with a knife and started slashing people. And he was found not guilty by uh, not mentally competent. Again, uh, you know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not, yeah. I'm the last, I don't want to rule on this. But. I, yeah, we can move on. This is this is this is wild to me. The judge noted that while the couple does adhere to extremist views that advocate violence to send political messages, police overstepped the bounds of their authority. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I'll, I'll, welcome, okay. welcome to our world. <laughs> Jeez. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. Wait, there are like there are so many implications to how you do undercover investigations and in, in, in oh, because in the United States fight. we do like we do so much like this in terms of so yeah. there's a really famous case in the United States of a woman um, trying to I don't know how police set this up but a woman basically contacted a man to murder her husband because she wanted out of the relationship but the guy that she contacted was an undercover agent and he worked with her the entire way to set up the assassination and they even got the point to where they faked the murder scene like they uh, they they had police lines where they uh, they blocked off the house and then the woman went in for questioning and she was crying and she and then eventually they revealed like hey we've got tapes of everything. Thing. We know that you set this whole thing up or whatever. I wonder if in Canada that would get thrown out as entrapment because the police officer would have been the, the quote-unquote assassin or something. I don't know. Well, you know, I, I think in this case, too, it, 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 it varies from judge to judge, right? Mm -hmm. So for whatever reason, like I said, they were found guilty by jury. And it was the judge that said, I'm going to uh, set aside this ruling, this, this guilty verdict by the jury because I have serious issues with it. Mm -hmm. So she threw it out. And then the, the British Columbia Court of Appeals backed her mm -hmm. and said, yes, this was entrapment. And so these people are basically, they're free. So, they, you know, and, and I don't know, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to go there, but I'm, I'm, I'm smelling a lawsuit down the road, of, you know, uh, unfair treatment or uh, unfair attention or something. But we mm -hmm. do that a lot here in Canada. We, we pay these people. Um, but uh, yeah, again, it just goes to point to, you know, you've got everything in place. You've got your surveillance. You've got your, you've got your, you go to federal court to get warrants to intercept communications. You, everything you, you check every box. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, they say, well, you know, you check too many boxes, or you didn't check enough boxes, or, you know, you didn't do your job properly. And it's yeah, it's, it's really really frustrating. And the bottom line is, no one died.
For those who are just joining us, I'm Phil Gursky, President of Borealis, former Canadian Security Intelligence Officer. If it's your first time, welcome. I'd uh, love to see you guys subscribe and like it on YouTube. It'd be great. Take care and, and thanks again for showing up.